It's a great feast day today, isn't it? Great feast day. There were three cards on my desk this morning wishing me a good Father's Day. The, the, the difference is that today is a feast day. It's a nice feast day, but it's a feast day of the kingdom of this earth. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's nothing like a feast day of the kingdom of God. But uh, just a word or two about the feast day of uh, this earth, this Father's Day business. I've never been a particular fan of Father's Day. It's nice, and I'm glad that uh, Mama and Peter and, and Tommy so far, and before the day is over, my other kids will call. They always do. Let me tell you what a good Father's Day is, fathers and mothers. It's any day a dad can be with his kids. That's a good Father's Day. The special day, it's okay. But if the kids aren't there, it's not a very good day. I'd much rather have a day when at least one of my children is there. And for some of you parents who get discouraged because you have little brats, I mean, excuse me, you have little children, it gets a whole lot better when they get older. And what I discover is that I enjoy my children. The older I get, I enjoy my children more and more. In fact, uh, this week's going to be a fun week because Peter and I, uh, quoting Simon Peter, you know, we're going to do something very biblical. Peter said, I am going fishing. <laughs> and so Peter and I took that seriously, and so did Dan, and we're going to go fishing. And so next Sunday, Father John Finley is going to be here with you. And Peter and I will be reclining in Loretto, uh, you know, in the sun. It's probably going to be 247 degrees. And, <laughs> and the kids are going to fish, and the old man's going to stay home and sleep in the, uh, at a hotel or wherever. Now listen to me really carefully on the other side. If I were going to find a homily or a sermon that I thought might be amongst the most important that I ever gave, at least the subject is surely amongst the most serious. Here it is in one sentence. You need to listen to this. Your whole eternity depends upon this sentence. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, and I'll describe the things, all of these things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. From the beginning, no, not from the beginning, before the beginning, before there was anything, before there was anything but God, and there wasn't a before, there's just God. In his eternal purpose, God's purpose was to create a kingdom which would be forever, of which he would be the king, and it would be a kingdom that is righteous in every way, and it would be filled beyond measure with mankind whom he would create after his own image and likeness. That is God's eternal purpose and Everything less than that is less than that. Everything less than that, it isn't nothing, it's just so inferior. God intended from the beginning that there be an eternal kingdom, and he intended that you be there. And not everyone he intended to be there is going to be there, because there were many who won't seek his kingdom first. They'll seek other things first. They'll seek the things of this world before they seek the things of the kingdom of God or seek the very kingdom itself. 
I would not be standing here today if not at a particular point in my life. I was absolutely captured by the reality of the kingdom of God. And it's when that reality grabbed a hold of my heart, that's when my journey to the Orthodox faith began. I mean, literally that day. Because I began to understand that day exactly what place the church plays in the role of the coming of the kingdom of God. And it was from that day on that I pursued with all my heart how you go about on this earth seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, Listen to me carefully. The text does not say, seek only the kingdom of God. You have other responsibilities in life too. It says, seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus did not say what to seek second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. And most of you have a second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth and more in your lives. You've got those. But it's seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus understood reality. I mean, being the creator, he understood what goes on. He also understood what you have to do in a fallen world. Because we live in a fallen world. This fallen world even has a prince. Jesus called the devil the very prince of this world. And in this world, you're going to have your attention deviated from the kingdom of God. I have met so many Christians in my lifetime who somehow think that this world is the kingdom of God and they give every single effort they have to changing the political climate of this world, either arch-conservatives or arch-liberals or arch-something, and they think somehow they're going to change this world. How do you change a fallen world? Well, we do the best we can with it. But first you seek what? You seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now that, secondly, is a very interesting point. Normally, you don't say first and then give two options. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You would think he would say seek first the kingdom or seek first his righteousness, but it's seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, interestingly enough, a few moments ago, we sang about his righteousness. We sing about it at St. Anthony almost every Sunday, probably 40 Sundays of the year, 35, because we sing the Beatitudes. That's the righteousness of the kingdom of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That's not very good advice if you're living in the kingdom of this world and if the kingdom of this world is your goal, if that's what you're seeking first. Look at the poor in spirit are not going to triumph in this world. Today we celebrate some martyrs, some martyrs that had actually high positions in government. And uh, they were brothers. And all three brothers were killed by the emperor Julian. Why? They were willing to give up their prestige and their honor in this world because they simply sought first the kingdom of God. They had high positions in this world. There's nothing wrong with that. We're grateful for that. But at the same time, you seek first the kingdom of God and you seek his righteousness. And we know something about that because it's the meek who inherit. It's the poor, in, the poor in spirit. It's the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. His righteousness isn't all that complicated to understand, folks. It's a little uh, difficult to do sometimes, right? 
because you're tempted to be so contrary. You're tempted to be not poor in spirit. You're tempted to not be meek. I've got to take my stand. I gotta, you, you have to understand who I am. You have to honor me and you have to take me uh, seriously. Nobody has to take me seriously. Nobody has to honor me. Nobody has to pay attention to anything I say. Oh, it's nice if you do, but it's not important. I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, let's take another step, a third step. The kingdom of God, as we know about it in this life, oh, here comes the hard word. And it's the only really good word. I'll define it. The word is we understand that the kingdom of God is an eschatological kingdom. Oh, you say eschatological, you preachers. You make things so complicated, you won't use all these hard words. Well, all the word means is last-ological, or last words, last things. It's eschaton, that's last, and logos, logical. Uh, we get all kinds of words from that particular Greek word. It's the last things. It's what's going to be forever. It's the last the kingdom of God is what is going to be unto the ages of ages. That's what everything is about. Everything else is so far short of it that it's relatively irrelevant. I remember uh, the, the very famous coach of the University of Alabama, Bear Bryant. Now, many of you are too young, but some of you are old enough to remember this great football coach. Uh, some thought he was fabulous. Some thought he was terrible. His players would say, uh, I'd never play for him again, but I'd never play for anyone else either. He was a tyrant. But his philosophy of football was this, winning isn't everything. But what's in second place is so far behind, it doesn't really count. And that's how he made his players work. They had to seek first to win. Well, that's what it is with us in the kingdom of God. We seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Now, Jesus said about that righteousness, Jesus said in this same sermon, this is the Sermon on the Mount, that's where the passage that we read today in the, in the gospel, it, this passage comes from the Sermon on the Mount, and just a little bit earlier, perhaps five minutes earlier, Jesus said, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees who did everything right. Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will in no wise enter the kingdom. Whoa! If the Jews thought anybody was going to get into the kingdom, they thought the scribes and the Pharisees would get in, and Jesus said, uh-uh, they're not going to make it because they don't have the righteousness of the kingdom. They don't have his righteousness. They've got a man-made righteousness. They follow all these little rules. Rule following won't get you into the kingdom of God. Righteousness gets you into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is lastological. That is, now here's what that means. That means that all of its fullness, what it's going to be in everything that it possibly can be, will happen in eternity and it will begin to be fulfilled when Jesus Christ comes back again, when he shall come again in glory to judge the quick and the dead whose kingdom shall have no end. That's the last, right? Lastological. Now, 
That's the kingdom of God in its ultimate perfection. There will be no sickness, no suffering, no sorrow, no pain. Everybody will be righteous. There won't be Republicans. There won't be Democrats. There won't be Muslims. There won't be Buddhists. There won't be Christians in that sense. Everybody will be righteous. There's going to be no conflict, and it will be a kingdom that reigns forever. And I don't condemn any of those things. It's just they all cause, con they all cause conflict. There won't be any conflict in the kingdom, and it will be a forever kingdom. And what's happened in whatever time there has been on the face of the earth will be so minuscule compared to it that it really is hardly a blip. But in the meantime, while we wait for the fullness of the kingdom, while we wait for the glorious appearing of the eternal Son of God, while we wait for his second coming, we are to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness we aren't to seek food clothing and shelter first those are the things that just came before that's what prompted this particular discussion that jesus is in here in the sermon on the mount he says why do you why do you worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or why do you worry about what you're going to wear don't worry about it look at the birds they get along look at the lilies of the field they're okay you can't, you can't be dressed better than a lily. Did you know that? You cannot dress better than a lily. And you know, lilies aren't exactly the greatest flower there is. He just chose a very common one. He says, you can't even be dressed as well as the common ones. So why worry? God will take care of you. So in this meantime, what has happened? Oh, listen. Listen so carefully. In the meantime, certain blessings of the eternal kingdom of God are you with me terribly important certain blessings of the kingdom of God reach back into this age and we can participate in them and one of them you are participating in right now you're participating in this by being in the divine liturgy this is not an earthly liturgy it is a divine liturgy we sang, in thy kingdom, remember us, O Lord. What were the first words you heard in this liturgy today? The first words? Blessed is the kingdom. Well, that just isn't a cute phrase. And somebody didn't sit down and say, now how should we start this thing? No, blessed is the kingdom is really important because we are participating in just a tiny bit, in a, in a foretaste, in a down payment, we are participating in the kingdom. And it's one reason you ought to be here on Sunday if you're going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because the kingdom you're going to experience today, oh, I know there's times, yeah, I don't know what I'll do next week, I'm going fishing. But most Sundays I'm going to be here. And you're going to seek the kingdom of God, and you're going to experience it in this divine liturgy. And, and now, this is going to sound like I'm taking an aside, but I'm not. And I want the kids particularly to listen to this. You know, the music in our church is kind of weird, isn't it? It's weird music. That Byzantine stuff is weird. And that Russian stuff, that Slavonic stuff, it's weird. Uh-uh. It's not weird. It just happens to be kingdom music. What's weird is the music of this world. That's what's weird. And you just got it turned around, huh? And you hear Valerie doing this Byzantine chant, 
and it's glorious, and you say, well, she sure got a nice voice, but why, does, why can't she sing something contemporary? Because Valerie is singing kingdom music. I remember I was in Vancouver, British Columbia, and I don't know much about hockey, but I do recall going to watch the Vancouver Canucks and watching an American team play in Vancouver. And I was shocked because just before it started, they sang, as we typically do in this country, they sang, Oh, Canada. And then they sang the Star Spangled Banner. And I cannot tell you the experience that overwhelmed me. Because I suddenly, for the first time in my life, recognized I was in a different country. I was in a different kingdom. I was not in the dominion of Canada, which was named after a psalm. His dominion will spread. Uh, and that's where they, they took that from a psalm to name Canada. But I recognized that I was from another kingdom. I was from another country. I understood that. And I, understood, I didn't think, oh, Canada was ugly. But when they sang the Star Spangled Banner, tears started to come down my face because it was my country. They were singing for my country, and I understood that. And so we come to the Divine Liturgy, and we sing this odd music. Why? Because it helps us seek first the kingdom. We recognize it's different. We don't copy stuff from Madonna. We don't copy stuff from the contemporary artists. Even Martin Luther, bless his heart, God bless him, he copied a drinking song. For a mighty fortress is our God. But I will say this, at least the thing got sanctified. The tune did get sanctified because it is a great hymn, believe me. And it, today it is music of the kingdom. But it wasn't when he started it. Bad choice, Martin. <laughs> but God took care of that and he made it. He made it good music for kingdom. But, and this is not an aside. I want you to understand this. What you need to grasp, you come to church and you say, it's boring. It's only boring if the kingdom isn't important to you. And you say, well, gee, I find it boring. Does that mean the kingdom's not important? Well, it may mean that you just don't get the reality of the kingdom, that you don't understand what's going on, that we're here for this foretaste, for this little piece of eternity that we have in time. It's not the only piece, but it's a piece. And it's probably the most important piece because the church, the church is the outpost of the kingdom of God in this age. So if you're going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, what are you going to do? You're going to seek the church. That's why I said that moment in time, and it was a moment, when the reality of the kingdom of God hit me, I thought, oh my goodness, i got to start in the church. i got to find out which is the right one. That's why I ended up orthodox. That's not saying anything about anybody else either. That's fine. But that's why I got here. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, folks. You need to seek that righteousness. You seek it. You pursue it. You go after it. You seek it. And you seek the kingdom. And you seek to experience everything you can about the kingdom of God. And as you do, you will find that you understand that this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? A slave could sing that and be meaningful. Because his world stunk. Sometimes we don't think our world stinks. Sometimes we think it's just a little odiferous. 
You seek the kingdom. You seek it first. You seek it righteous. Seek his righteousness. And everything else that you need will be added. The exhortation's obvious, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything else you need will be added.